We've been thinking about Hope Delivered in the last four Sundays. And mainly the focus has been on the Benedictus or Zachariah song. Um, last Sunday, I spent, quite, spent a lot of time talking about the idea of the light and what it meant for Zechariah and uh, what it meant for him to be in the position that he was and how was that unfolded for the years to come. I mean, we are aware that we're living 2,000 years later and we know another side of the story which Zechariah could only foresee. But yet he had faith, he had hope that the day spring was going to come. And when the day spring was going to come, he was going to change things. Um, this morning, I wanted to look a little bit about the, the last verse of his song, the last verse of his prophecy, talking about the way of peace. Um, I've chosen to read, well, I've chosen to only read the last bit of the passage, um, and I've taken it from the message. And it's that point where Zechariah is in the temple um, dedicating John, eight days old, in the temple. And he's prophesying over him. And I want to read this prophecy and uh, take it in and then develop it a little bit together. So, on the eighth day, he takes John to the temple. And he says... And you, my child, prophet of the highest, will go ahead of the master to prepare his ways. Present the offer of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins, through the heartfelt mercies of our God. God's sunrise will break in upon us. Shining on those in the darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death, those that we prayed about. Then, showing us the way, one foot at a time, down the path of peace. So, here we've got Zechariah in the temple with his priestly hats, with his normality of life, touched by the Holy Spirit and is able to foresee what is going to happen with his son and with the person that his son is coming to prepare the way for. And he's got it very clear in his mind that when this day spring is going to come, there is not only that it's going to bring lights, but there is going to be a guidance in the way of peace. Now, when we talk about peace, when we pray about peace, when we think about peace, we can become very pessimistic. Because we know that in the conversations, we know that in negotiations between countries and stuff, really, peace is just a word. We're disillusioned with the fact that people make peace treaties. We're disillusioned with the fact that countries make peace treaties. We're disillusioned with the fact that even churches make peace treaties. 
and they're not taken through. So in, in this world where we live, peace has lost its real meaning. And then you talk about definition, then it's very hard to define because of our bad experiences, because of what we see in history. I was reading about peace this week, and uh, in one of the illustrations that I was reading was that in the more than a thousand years or 3,000 years written history, only 8% of those years is without a registered war. What is peace? What does it mean? And in the end of the day, do we really mean that we want God's peace when we pray for that? And how can God's peace be God's peace when we are surrounded by so much turmoil? But we're talking about hope here. We're talking about a man who is in his late age, and he sees in horizon, long distance horizon, that there is a day spring coming. And that day spring, that sunrise, is going to break through stuff. It's going to, to go beyond what we expect on our human understanding, on our human endeavor, on our human collaborations. But he doesn't know what it looks like. He is just prompted by the Spirit to say that when the sunrise will come, his light is going to shine. And not only he is going to shine the light, but he is going to guide us to the way of peace. We're talking about a priest. Until this time, everything is the Old Testament. And when we talk about the peace of the Old Testament, we talk about the shalom, about wholeness, that certainty of, of, of being whole. And they, they, they knew what it meant for them. They knew, they kind of understood it. And then they understood that only God could be the shalom. In the Old Testament, we read about the shalom of the city, the well-being. It had to do with, with the wholeness, with, with, with everything to be in good order. And then, where is peace for 400 years of silence? Silence. Silence. We've got God's word. The way that God communicated in the Old Testament was prophets. God didn't raise a single prophet to talk to his people, to communicate to his people what he wanted to do. Can you imagine what would it be like to be going into the temple, to be going and living out your whatever life that you have been asked through the rules and all the uh, things of the Old Testament. And there is, it looks like there is only one way system. And there is silence. 
So the, 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 the arrow of the hope in the dashboard of the Jewish people was going low. And at the right time, God chooses to speak. Because what Zechariah is doing here, he is bringing back the communication of God with his people. He is still an Old Testament prophet because what he is foreseeing is coming. It's very soon. Actually, what he is foreseeing, in his, it's in his own hands. And it's amazing because he knows now that there is hope. From this darkness, he's thinking and he's seeing that God is going to bring light. From this numbness, from this excommunicado, God is talking to his people. Hope is coming. The light of the sunrise is shining in the horizon already while... Zechariah is prophesying. It's fantastic. It's amazing. Because God is talking to his people again. And he is unfolding his plan. Would his people embrace what God has for them? Well, history shows no. Is that plan still valid? Yes, it is. Because Zechariah foresees that this light is going to be shining in the darkest place. It's going to be shining in the shadow of death. And he is bringing something here very interesting, which I thought this week, that in order for us to walk in the way of peace, we need light. There is no walking in peace. There is no walking in the paths of peace without the light. So his, his chronology is very clear in what God is doing. His chronology is very clear on how it's going to unfold. But people are looking for a very active Messiah in this age, in Zechariah's history. They're looking for a deliverer. They're looking for a nationalist who is going to deliver the Jewish people from the Romans' hands. Because they've had enough of that as well. I don't think Zechariah says that. His prophecy is much further it's such a long sight that he says, no, when the sunrise, when day spring is going to come, he is going to shed light. Because without light, there is no peace. And what Zechariah means with peace is not the peace that we talk about. It's not that the peace that we would admire to have. It's not the peace that we think that is going to happen between this country and this country. He's talking about the way of peace 
with God. Because he is resonating what his fellow prophet Isaiah has, Isaiah has said 700 years ago. For us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And this child that is born will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And you, my son, are going to start preparing the way for this prophecy to come through. You are going to install the way for this peace to be encountered. And the understanding of the New Testament's peace is reconciliation. Yes, we want peace with one another. But the way of peace that God introduces to us through Zechariah is through Jesus Christ. Because we cannot be reconciled with one another if we are not reconciled with God. So what Zechariah is bringing to these people, to whoever was in the temple, and to us today, is talking about the importance of reconciliation with God. That's his understanding of peace. And in the end of the day, he's a priest. He's doing his duty of bringing people, presenting people to God. And now he has come to this point of understanding that what he's going to do tomorrow is going to be nullified very soon. Because somebody is going to take the place of the sacrificial system once and forever. So this reconciliation between people and God will happen and can only happen through what Jesus Christ is going to do in the cross. It's not that simple because it's deep. It's not that simple for the Jewish community because they want a king. They want a king. They want a deliverer. But first things first, says Zechariah. First things first, says God's peace, says Jesus. So the question that I've got for us this morning if we know that Jesus shines his light, if we know that Jesus guides us into the way of peace, the question that I've got is, how do we apply verses 78, 79 in our daily walk with God? So, to make it more specific is... Asking the question, the tough question, am I in peace with God? Am I reconciled with God? 
If the only way that is going to be unfolding for this group of people, the Jewish people through Zechariah's prophecy, and what is going to unfold for the rest of the history is that we come to peace with God, to be in peace with God through Jesus, then what are we doing to embrace this? Because it's very easy that we think that we want peace with one another that we want peace for country with country, that we want peace. But unless we encounter God's peace, we can never give that peace away. Unless we recognize that we are reconciled with God, it is very hard to understand how this reconciliation can work on a ripple effect. Are we guided in the way of peace from this day spring in all the areas of our life? Is there work to be done in some areas? Christmas is one day, Advent is four weeks. And we've been talking about this hope delivered. We've been talking about this hope delivered, which is not, again, a worldly hope. It's a divine hope that only Jesus can deliver. We've been talking about these things here. We've been talking about freedom. We've been talking about life. We've been talking about forgiveness. We've been talking about this hope that is a whole package that is being delivered for your Christmas in your doorstep. Perhaps Christmas time, it's time for calibration. It's time for thinking, what am I doing? It's Kaz's word, thank you. It's talking about that hope. Where is my hope set? And if Jesus has delivered this hope for me, what am I doing with it? If you were given a Christmas present, are you going to open it on Christmas Day? Or are you going to wait till next Christmas? Well, if you were humbug like me, it all depends. But I'll not wait till the next Christmas, that's for sure. But let's be realistic. We're talking about this Jesus who is delivering hope for you, for me. We're talking about this prophecy who talks about freedom, who talks about forgiveness, who talks about lights. And these are not just theories. These are real. Because what Jesus has done on the cross and what he has done through his resurrection is real. What he did through his incarnation is real. And perhaps we're talking this morning about Jesus guiding us into the way of peace. It is this hope that is delivered 
that makes this peace possible. And if there is an area in your life that you think that you are not in peace with God, this is God's peace. If this is a situation in your life that you think, think, I've tried everything. I've done my best. I've even asked friends to come and help me. I've even asked the church. I've even asked whatever. And it's not working out. It's that moment of acknowledging that if Jesus is saying that He is guiding us into the way of peace, He means it. He does. Do we take Him at His word? The hope delivered through Christ makes possible forgiveness, freedom, light, and the guidance of our feet in the way of peace. What are we going to do with this hope? Well, Paul writes in Romans 15, 13, and this is the blessing that I want to use in the end because this is my prayer for you and for myself. May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace. And peace, sorry, my pronunciation. I'll start again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.